0: This episode of the duct tape marketing podcast is brought to you by the gain, grow, retain podcast hosted by Jeff Brunsbach and Jay Nathan, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Gain, grow, retain is built to inspire SaaS and technology leaders who are facing day-to-day challenges of scaling. Jeff and Jay share conversations about growing and scaling subscription businesses with a customer first approach. Check out all the episodes. Recently, they did one on onboarding. Such a key thing when you want to get going, keep and retain those clients. So listen to Gain, Grow, Retain wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Dale Bertrand. He has been an SEO specialist to Fortune 500 companies and venture-backed startups around the world for two decades. He speaks at industry conferences, leads corporate training events, and serves as entrepreneur in residence at the Harvard Alumni Entrepreneurs Organization. So, Dale, welcome to the show. Well,
1: John, welcome to... Um, well. Thank you for having me. I must welcome you to your own show.
0: (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. I don't think anybody's ever done that. So that's awesome. (laughs) So, you know, we're going to talk about SEO. Uh, We're going to specifically talk about maybe a brand or an evolution of SEO. But it's funny, before we get into it, you know, a lot of people, you know, I bet you get this question a lot. You know, what are the big changes recently, you know, in SEO? And, you know, I think SEO is like a lot of things just kind of evolves, you know, like some of the big, like the, probably the biggest change if there was one is, you know, rank brain, which really changed how SEO people need to think about SEO, but that's coming up on seven years ago. So I think a lot of, a lot of people want to see like sudden change, but I think there's this evolution, but I'm going to ask you anyway, what are some of the biggest changes in SEO that, that you are following?
1: Well, thinking of it as an evolution is definitely the right way to think about it. When I started with SEO, believe it or not, was in 1999, <laughs> a long time ago. And um, even back then, we knew where the puck was going, so to speak. Like, you yeah. know, the metaphor, of like, skate right. to where the puck is going. So we've known for a very long time that what Google's trying to do is help people find the right information, the answer to their question. So, Google's just getting a lot better at it with yeah, yeah. Um, AI and, and all of the different algorithms that, that fall under the AI umbrella. So, we, we call Google an AI based search engine now. And yeah. AI based search engines are just a, a lot better at choosing the right content for the query, giving you the right answer at scale than the rules based <laughs> search engine where, yeah. where Google started out.
0: Well, and I think you can test this for yourself. I mean, you start doing a search anymore, and nine times out of 10, they know what you're searching for before you finish, <laughs> right? <I> yeah, mean. <laughs> yeah.
1: They've got the data. I mean, they process billions of searches a day. And every time you interact with Google, every time you enter something into it or click on a result, it's watching you. And yeah. Google's using that to to basically serve up better rankings.
0: Yeah. And it really – you know, a lot of times people look at SEO as – a way to trick Google, I guess. I mean, and that's kind of how we used to look at it, right? In some ways, and really the thing people forget is Google doesn't care about us or our SEO or our websites. I mean, they're trying to serve their customer, right?
1: Yeah, that's really important. And I think how you frame SEO and how you think about it matters a lot. So if you understand that you're trying to help Google serve its audience, its searchers, help by giving Google the content that it needs, if you're writing, let's say you're writing a a recipe for a Manhattan or any other bourbon drink, right? Like Google has already has access to thousands and thousands of recipes for Manhattans. So like, you're just not giving it something useful. Yeah. So that's one way to think about it. And then the other you, part of it is- You know, it's only two
0: o'clock it, where oh, I am, Dale, but in Manhattan sounds really good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I,
1: I should have <laughs> a, a
0: drink cocktail mix box before this so we could really have some fun uh, and record
1: it at the same time. So the other way people think about SEO is- whether it's like a technical discipline like people think of well i'm optimizing my website so i'm moving the html tags around or i'm moving the elements around or um adding words like adding my keywords and and that's what's going to make all the difference and that's really the biggest change that we see with the evolution that google's undergone as they switch
0: to ai algorithms So so I'm taking this directly from something you've written, the end of uh, technical SEO. This doesn't mean SEO is dead. It means that your SEO resources are better spent optimizing for your customers, not Google's algorithm.
1: Absolutely. So Google's algorithm is trained to find the right content, to find the content that your customers are looking for when they're making a buying decision. So the better you know your customers, uh, the information they need, the questions they're asking, and then how to answer those questions and give right. them the information they need to facilitate the purchase, well, hopefully they buy from you, uh, but the better right. you understand your customers, the better you'll be able to create content that Google serves because
0: Google's doing like a damn good job of figuring it out nowadays. Does Do things like... Keywords in your titles and metadata and your URL to have a keyword. I mean, does that stuff not matter anymore because they know what it says?
1: It's not that it doesn't matter. Like, it's it's just that it it makes it harder and easier at the same time. Like, it's simple, but it's hard to do. Like, you know, just creating the right content, creating the content that your um, customers are looking for. But you can really boil it down to a three-step process. Like, the first one is building your platform. So, making sure that there isn't anything very broken about your website that would prevent Google from calling or indexing your content. So that doesn't mean you're optimizing for it to get the last millisecond of page yeah, speed yeah. on your site, but you're fixing big issues that would prevent Google from seeing your content. And then the second step would be keyword visibility. What are the right keywords? Make sure they're in the right places. That's different from keyword stuffing or, right. or even making sure that, you know, you, you have, your misspellings or synonyms and all of that. Like it, it's really more about the intent behind the keywords. You want people, you want purchase intent keywords. So yeah. whatever you sell, you want to make sure these are keywords that people are typing in when they're trying to decide you know, what they're going to buy in that category. And, and then the third step is really building targeted content and what I call multi-factor authority. So the targeted content is the right type of content around the intent behind those keywords that you identified in the first step. And that could take a number of different forms, but it really depends on what you're selling and what your customers are looking for. So remember, you need to know your customers. And then the other part, multi-factor authority is proving to Google that you have the answer. So if I'm writing about, I'm making something up here, non-alcoholic drink recipes or something like that, because I sell non-alcoholic spirits, then... Google needs to believe that we're the brand, we're the website, that that information should be coming from. And so that's backlinks. That's engagement with the site, reducing your bounce rate, making sure that when people come to your site, they stay because Google will notice if they just bounce directly back to Google's uh, search page. And then the company you keep matters. So like if you were selling non-alcoholic drinks, you could imagine that there are a number of medical organizations or Mothers Against Drunk Driving that would care about the mission behind your product. And you wanna make sure that Google can see that you've got endorsements of all types you can imagine from
0: authoritative folks in your space. And now let's hear from a sponsor. Running a business is a lot like, I don't know, running a pirate ship? You've got your eye on the prize and the entire crew to coordinate. With customizable options, HubSpot's CRM platform is carefully crafted in-house so your business can keep running in ship shape. Its powerful suite of marketing tools work seamlessly together so you and your teams can deliver a better experience for your customers. Consider it a treasure map with a very clear X marks the spot. With HubSpot, save, reuse, and share your best performing emails with your team for a faster and more consistent way to communicate with prospects. Use social media tools to schedule and publish updates, monitor terms, and analyze performance. You can even use bot builders to create robust, automated, multi-channel campaigns. Learn how to grow better by connecting your people, your customers, and your business at hubspot.com. And I know the answer to this, but you know I'm just going to tee it up for you, okay? So some might interpret what you just said as getting backlinks, but you're talking about something much deeper, aren't you?
1: Yeah, so backlinks are still important. And, you know, we work to get white hat, you know, sorry, we work to earn backlinks um, on (laughs) our projects. So that could be PR, but a lot of it is just making sure that you're running a good business. So Mm -hmm. you've got customers that are raving about you. You've got products worth writing about and your business is making an impact with your customers or a community or something uh, where Google can see that you're gaining traction. So so that's why it goes beyond backlinks, because if you think about it, backlinks are really a proxy for something they're a proxy for endorsements in your space in your market the if you're maybe you're in the medical space and you've got the mayo clinic you know writing about you you might have a partnership with them and an artifact of that is the fact that they're linking to you yeah so yeah. so we want to start on we want to start with the run a good business make good friends you know make you earn those endorsements and then once once we have that then we're looking at ways to translate those into technical artifacts on the web that google can see
0: And certainly one of the things that they can see better than ever is that they're the right links, right? There's their links, backlinks that make sense, that would be logical, that would actually contribute to the conversation, you know, as opposed to the, you know, round robin directories that, you know, nobody ever actually sees and they have no authority at all. I mean, that I think has been something that's been with us maybe at least five or six years, hasn't it? Oh, longer than that. So I, I should
1: know because we, Parti- I mean, I was doing. I've been doing SEO for a very long time. So there used to be black hat techniques that worked, and, and we did it because it worked. Nowadays, it, it just they have to be natural links. Like you really yeah. do need to be building a community around your brand and and content. A lot of it depends on whether you're B two C or B two B if you're b2c you want to build a community um, around your brand get traction and make sure google can see it and then if you're b2b then the number of searches is going to be lower it's just going to be lower volume but still they're going to be valuable organic traffic is valuable but in that case it's more that you want to make sure that google can see the company you keep so that you're you've got relationships with the industry trade organizations and conferences and if you're in the medical space it's phd oh, sorry MDs or MD yeah. PhDs which is even better and what it, whatever works in
0: your industry. So there's really a lot of elements here. I mean there is the technical aspects of content of website that, that lead SEO. There's the the actual good deep content itself but then in a way it's actually promotion of that content, <laughs> you know, to the right audiences that that then drives, you know, the right links or drives the right mentions or write traffic so i mean do you see it that way as almost like three disciplines
1: i I try so yes but i try not to so when it comes to like a a successful seo campaign there's gonna be a lot of elements like you said the technical platform keyword research the customer research the content and then the authority building and then there's you know there's pr within that there's a lot of disciplines within that but it's really hard especially for small business owners to think about um to, to even, you know, have the courage to do yeah. SEO when it requires so much. So instead, and and I, th- I think i learned about this, John, sitting next to you at a, a dinner <laughs> a long time ago where you, you kind of helped me simplify some of my ideas. The way that I like to think about it is we, you have a purpose behind your SEO. And uh, what I mean when I say you have a purpose behind your SEO is that you've got a purpose behind your brand, a purpose behind yeah, your yeah, business. Yeah. And And a, a quick example I'll give you is that we worked with a company that was a manufacturing company. And what they manufactured was Velcro straps. and it's, it's pretty darn boring. And I hope they're not listening to this because they get excited about manufacturing. It's run by two engineers and these Velcro straps are used by electricians. If you're, installing bundles of wires into a big building. You need a lot of these Velcro straps to make sure that it's not spaghetti of wires everywhere.
0: I got a few of them here with all my technology
1: that's hooked up here. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) And for them, we, they wanted to do SEO. They wanted to build content, but what were they going to do? They're going to write 50 articles about Velcro. Like, Hey, Velcro (laughs) is awesome for all these reasons. We'll write one article about each reason. So you could do that, but it's not going to help you build a community, build authority and have Google see that you're gaining traction. So what, what we realized when we were talking to them is one of the founders of this company was he was volunteering weekends at a technical high school near near where um, they're located. And so what we did was we put together a campaign. We called it the campaign to recruit the next generation of electricians. And basically it was, you know, they were going to identify young people, help them pay for some exams, some licensure, and and also help them put a little bit of money towards their schooling. And, what we did was we promoted that campaign we said hey if you care and we reached out to like-minded organizations like organizations that care about providing you know job opportunities for young people and there was one that was about finding job opportunities for recently incarcerated people and we told them like we're looking for kids to help could you help promote this campaign and basically when we look at it that way and the reason why I call it purpose-driven SEO is because we want to find something behind our brand that we can promote and build a campaign around. And then we get all of those other artifacts of SEO, the, the content, the technical right. platform, the traction, the links, the authority building, the the endorsements of like relationships with other organizations that are helping us promote our campaign. We get all of that by just focusing on this one purpose. So that that's why I like to think of uh, SEO campaigns as like purpose-driven SEO campaigns. Yeah. So,
0: and I love that. And before people think, "Oh, I have to learn this new, you know, tactic or this new technique," I, what you just described is what people like me were doing in the '80s, right? It yes. was just PR and yes. community building. But we pitched a newspaper, you know, or we went out to a nonprofit agency and got them, you know, to partner. What? So, so the more things change, the more they say the same. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, human influence hasn't really changed, or what people's desires are or what lights them up hasn't changed. We just have to figure out now they're on different journeys. They're, they're in different platforms. They're in different places. They get their information differently. And we just have to, we have to just remember those principles and then apply it to the technology. Don't we?
1: And then also realize that there was a hiccup in the fabric of time, in the marketing space where all of a sudden these technical people, I have a technical background. I was a programmer before I started doing SEO, but technical people First, all of a sudden, had all this value because the web came along, and if you yeah. could optimize a website just right. right, or get your programmer to do it, you would get tra- traffic from Google, yeah. and and those days are are really behind us, yeah. where like Google's AI has gotten to the point where it understands when a brand is building traction, or if if you like sell a B2B service or something like that, when you have endorsements and relationships with folks in your space that makes you worthy of organic traffic and rankings. So now Google's getting like, it's just getting so good at what they do that we're reverting back to actually generating the, the right content that your customers are looking for and proving to Google that you're authoritative in your space.
0: So so that example that you gave, you give that a name or at least a point of view, which I think people, I'd love you to kind of riff on this a little bit, because I think people need to acknowledge this and and think about this more. And you call it promoting the story, you know, not promoting your content or not promoting your products or your, you know, web pages or whatever, but promoting kind of the whole story, which to me was, that was, the technical, you know, school, you know, story that that people got interested in and the byproduct was you got links and you got traffic and you got eyeballs. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's what Google is is looking for. So just think of it as like brands that are building traction or building like an audience. And yeah. if you can show that initial uptick, then Google will give you the rest of the traffic and kind of help you go along that trajectory, help you grow along that trajectory.
0: So one of the elements of this kind of authority ideas is actually finding and activating influencers. I mean, people that you, would, you know, we all think about the, oh, you know, the top 10 names every single person can name. Sure, we want them to talk about us and our stories and uh, content. But, you know, for that, you're a Velcro person. Gary Vee talking about them is probably not going to really do them much good. You know, how, do, how does the Velcro you know, manufacturer go out there and find the right influencers to, to talk about their story?
1: So what you would love is if it was your customers and it depends. A lot of it depends on what you sell. So you could be in a consumer space where you're basically um, you're basically incentivizing your customers to, to be brand evangelists and talk about the products, review the products, whatever you can do to get them to do that would work. It could be an ambassador program. And then in the B2B space, it, it might not be your customers. Uh, another example I'll give is we work with a 3D printing company that sold you know, multi-million dollar high-end 3D printers. But there's just not enough customers <laughs> to really yeah, you know, turn yeah. that into links and, and relationships that Google would see. So we focused on 3D printing hobbyists in order to generate content and build a community around the brand, even though what we were selling and making our money off was mm. high-end 3D printing machines that, that they could never afford. But we were able to build a community around the brand that Google saw and, and generated rankings and traffic.
0: So I I have kind of one final question that I'm just curious your opinion on this because there's a lot of various opinions, you know, on, on SEO related sites. How valuable are signals in social media? So people linking from Twitter, people talking about your brand from a pure SEO standpoint, how valuable are those?
1: So there's two answers. Both are correct, which is the direct value of the links in the mention is not valuable. Yeah. But we still use social media as a tool for PR, which helps us build relationships, get backlinks yeah. on, on websites that Google can see, stuff like that. And we know that it's not valuable because short version of the story, Bing had tried to use social media instead of backlinks because uh-huh. Google started out you know, really focused on backlinks to determine authority in the best websites. And when Microsoft started its search engine, they said, "Ah, oh, we're going to do it better. We're going to rely on social media. And it just didn't work. Yeah. So they abandoned it. They went to links just like Google, and now Google and and Microsoft are both trying to figure out how to incorporate social signals. But uh, apparently, what we see in the research is that it, it's just not it's just not good. Like it doesn't yeah. help them identify the best content the yeah. same way backlinks, engagement, and these other artifacts of real world relationships do
0: so dale tell people where they can find out more about fire and spark and uh, the work that you're uh, doing
1: yeah so we're at fireandspark.com all spelled out and you can email me directly dale d-a-l-e at fireandspark.com all spelled out and um always i I love talking about seo so if anybody has any seo questions i'm I'm happy to hear it awesome
0: well i appreciate you uh, taking a moment to stop by the duct tape marketing podcast and hopefully We'll see you out there on the road again, maybe in beautiful uh, state of Maine.
1: Awesome, John, and thank you for the opportunity.
0: All right, that wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wanna thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training, marketing training for your team? If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, Check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team.